I did. And when I was like six, I had an idea that there was just like an empty cavity where my brain was, uh, which is probably true. And that there was just like, you know, like a plate of spaghetti worth of hair in there. And some people had more hair and some people had less hair. Oh, and that's why some people went bald. Yeah, exactly. Like some people just ran out of hair. to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that's tall, dark, and handsome. Each week, we dissect every episode of Seinfeld in chronological order. With me today, as always, is Patrick Armstrong. Hello. And special guest host, Megan Wong. Hello. I'm Cameron Wong, and this is episode 51, and today we will be looking at season 4, episode 12, The Airport. And I just want to fly away with my feelings. I don't know what that means. Yeah, was that song lyrics? I was assuming, but... Come fly away, come fly away. (laughs) Is that how that song goes? I don't think so. Hmm. That's pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, it was alright. Uh, so, Megan Wong, welcome to the show. Uh, people might not know this, but you're my sister. True or false? True. You are also the first woman to be on What's the Deal show. True or false? Also True. That's good. I thought there was a put-down coming somewhere along the way there. Oh, no. It's okay. Uh, So, what have you done to prepare to be on What's the Deal show? Wait, why would it be a put-down? I thought you were were going to slam... I thought you were going to slam one of us and call us a lady. A lady. That's pretty insulting to call someone a lady. I thought the put-down was going to be that we hadn't... We'd had 50 episodes and hadn't had a female guest on the show yet. Wait, does it count if our uni called Chris a girl? Yeah, I thought, <laughs> thought that Chris was a woman, actually, when he had his long, like, Goldilocks hair. Hmm. Chris is going to love this episode. <laughs> yeah. Can we put a picture of him in the show notes with his Goldilocks hair? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. If, if we can that find one, cr- we'll put it up there. Oh, I think I have one. I, you, oh, yeah. Send it this way. Send it yeah, this way. We'll, we'll yeah, put that in sure. the show notes. Because uh, it's in your graduate. It's like your graduation photo. But you guys don't think that would have been a, a slams? Like, there's been 50 episodes and there hasn't been a man on this show yet. And then oh, the, 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 I see. The, oh, I see. Yeah, and then the studio audience was all going to be like, woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, instead, our studio it's audience opportunity. remains quiet as every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what have, you, what have you been doing to train? Did you stretch or something before? Um, I did stretch. Uh, you know, stretch the hands a little bit to get ready for hand movement. Yeah. I rewatched the episode, so I, I've seen the episode twice now to make sure I was well versed in the episode. Uh, looked over my notes. Yeah, trying to be professional here. Oh, you took some notes. Yeah, I have one page double sided. That's good. Single spaced specifically. Single spaced. Single spaced. Oh, that's a lot of notes. But mm-hmm. I use like a bullet point format. Oh, so do I. So. Yeah, that's a good format for notes. Yeah, I, it's I, better I, than like writing an essay as you're you're watching the TV show. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm glad that you stretched your hands. Wouldn't want to get a hand cramp while you're mm-hmm. uh, yeah. recording the show. Hand gestures <laughs> yeah. are very important for the podcast uh, medium. They are important. It's mm-hmm. theater of the mind. You know, we have to try and envision what the flailing hands would look like. <laughs> flailing hands. <laughs> Something like that. Patrick Armstrong, how are you this week? Oh, I'm pretty good. Uh, still not spring here. It's supposed to be, but it's very cold. It's terrible. Hey, you had a snowstorm, didn't you? 
Yeah, that mostly melted yesterday, but now it's like, I don't know, very cold. I was outside and I only wore my wool coat instead of my like down parka and I was freezing. It was oh, a mistake. Is that the equivalent of like wearing shorts in Quebec? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, normally I would only wear a wool coat in August, but, you know, it was, it was sunny. I thought I would give it a chance. Trying to will the weather. Yeah, it didn't work. I was really cold. It's a balmy minus 12 in Montreal right now. Mm-hmm. That Whereas, sounds awful. Uh, in Victoria and Vancouver, it is currently 7 and 8 degrees, respectively. <sighs> yeah, you know, I follow someone on Twitter, and they said, like, this time last year, there were, like, flowers in the parks and stuff. No sign of flowers. Snow flowers. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but, uh, yeah, things, other than that, things things are fine. Well, okay. And Cameron, how do you feel having your sister on the show? I feel great. I, uh, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm on good terms with my sister, unlike you and Justin, always uh, at each other's throats. It is really tense when he's on the show. As a listener, I can, I can tell you that we can tell that there's tension between you two. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, uh, yeah, things, things are things are going well. If uh, it's spring break, so school's out of session, and I tell you this right now, uh, I've always kind of wondered what it would feel like to be like retired or semi-retired, and if this is it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's been fantastic. You know, I go to bed when I want, I get up when I want, uh, I'm just, you, I'm just. I'm have just you doing been doing? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say I've just I've just been like total total master of my schedule. It's it's wonderful. Have you been doing some puttering around? Uh, I have a little puttering. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, you know, devotees of the show may or may not be aware that the driver's side window of my car has been broken for the last two years, and it will only go down but not up. So whenever I accidentally roll the window down a little bit. I would have to take the car and have them remove the door panel and manually roll the window back up at a reasonable price of about $100 every time I did that. Uh, now, that, that only happened two times, but each time was bad. So I got my window fixed, and mm-hmm. I'm terrified every time I roll down the window. <laughs> it's like, is it going to go back up? Uh, and I really want to go through a drive-thru. Now, Megan's seen this because she's been in the car with me, and I guess Patrick yeah. has as well. But I've, I'm so used to it now that what happens is that I go to the drive-thru, and instead of rolling down the window, I, I always have to pull up what feels like an uncomfortable distance uh, too far forward and then open up my car door and interact with the person through my open car door. And I'm kind of worried that I'm going to continue to do this as just like a matter of, of habit. Because people always look at me like, is he going to stop, right? Because I, I drive past where <laughs> the people would normally stop for them. So I'm trying to get on like a ferry, drive past the, the window. I'm getting, you know, like a donut or something through a Tim Hortons drive through uh, So this is going to change my life. I kind of want to go through a drive through now. I want to try it. I want to try to see what it's like to be everybody else. Sounds exciting. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm really excited. Also, I'm yeah. excited that... Uh, GDC is coming up this week. Now, uh, if you're one of the eight people that follow <laughs> uh, when GDC is on, uh, either one of you know GDC's coming up? I don't know what this is. Patrick? Gross, gross domestic cronut? 
So, so when I get to the gross domestic cronut <laughs> conference next week, Wait, what is it? Oh, game developers conference. So the game developers conference is on next week, and generally there's never anything interesting there for me. It's 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 pretty it's pretty tame. But they're all signs are pointing to an Oculus Rift competitor coming out this week. Uh, so I, I'm kind of excited about that. Did, have either one of you guys have any interest in virtual reality? Megan, you ever seen an Oculus Rift? Uh, I saw that they made the Seinfeld living room for an Oculus Rift, but I haven't actually used it. The like headpiece. Yeah, yeah, but so you you know what they are, obviously. Then I know of it. Yeah. Does does the technology intrigue you? Would you like uh, Would you like to live in a little virtual reality world? Mm, you know, not, not not permanently, but maybe for like half an hour. I think I would be as interested as when it kind of first came out when we were young and you can go to the mall and put the headpiece on and play the game. Ooh, like in First Kid with Sinbad, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the president's son's like super into it at the mall and like and playing. I think at that level, I would be interested, but I would never want to invest money in owning. I mean, the, the technology is better than that. Like, I remember when we... So, number one, it wasn't like we could just go to the mall. We had to go to the West Edmonton Mall. Now, listeners outside of Canada and outside of BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan might not know what the West Edmonton Mall is, but oh, it's it's a very big mall located in the City of Champions, Edmonton. Is it the City of Champions or City of Winners? City of Oil. I don't know. The city Seems of kind oil. of like a par city in general, except for the mall. Well, there we go. We just lost our one listener in Edmonton. <laughs> Megan, I don't you're, feel too bad about it. <laughs> you're, feel, you're, you're fitting right in with the show if you're alienating listeners this soon into your <laughs> what's the deal career. Uh, but th- that, So we had to go to that bad mall. And I mean, the technology was awful. We had to, it was like this huge, like full head mount. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to like stand inside this ringed thing. Everything was built out of like 100 polygons. I don't know. It seemed pretty bad. Like the Oculus Rift seems pretty great. I don't know. Patrick, are you interested? VR? I read the Hardy Boys book about virtual reality once. <laughs> there was a murder inside the virtual reality booth. Was Wait, how exciting. recent was this Hardy Boys? I was going to say, when did this come out? <laughs> like 93, something like that? Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know they so. were still making those. Oh, yeah. They're still churning those babies out. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It doesn't um, take a lot of effort to, to write a Hardy Boys. What does that take? Like a half a bottle of bourbon in an afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I don't know like if virtual reality was like the holodeck on Star Trek, I think oh, that would be great. I'd be sold immediately. But it seems like it's not going to be that great to me. But I guess you know what? For my profession, for archaeology, I think that'd be pretty awesome if you can create a really amazing virtual reality experience. So you could like experience an archaeological site, even if you can't afford to go there. I guess for touristy mm-hmm. things. That could be very interesting. And yeah. then also you would, you know, because they have that uh, that tour of the, the cave of dreams. Wonders. One, <laughs> I wanted to say wonders, <laughs> but I knew that was wrong. The diamond in the, <laughs> the diamond rough. in the rough. Oh, Aladdin. I, is, isn't it um, Chauvet Cave? Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, in France. Is that the one that that movie was made out of? Yeah, the yeah. cave of wonders. <laughs> cave of wonders. <laughs> Cave of Forgotten Dreams. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that that could be nice. That could be good. It would be great. And then we could that. all pretend to be archaeologists and see things that we don't know what they are and be like, hmm, I think it's ritualistic. <laughs> yeah, it's always, you don't know what it is. 
probably some sort of religious aspect, uh, <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> Good. Uh, so, in other news, this week we'll be looking at the airport, and in the airport, Jerry and Elaine traveling back from St. Louis, where Elaine visits her mysterious sister that we've never seen and will never see again. Yeah. Uh, traveling back to New York. Meanwhile, Kramer and George are on pickup duty. Jerry gets to experience the highs of first class while Elaine suffers the woes of the common man and coach. And Kramer tries to retrieve $250. 240 Oh, sorry, 240 I'm off the show. <laughs> uh, as always, I would like to encourage you to head over to whatsthedealshow.com where you can see all of today's show notes. Uh, maybe a little picture. Chris Young's not here, so maybe not. And, uh, you know, other business, but that's for later. Patrick, why don't you take us into this week's episode? Sure. So we start the episode with a monologue, and I think Jerry Seinfeld is extremely proud of this bit as he's saying <laughs> it, but he talks about how everything on a plane is little and then just says, you know, a lot of things are little and it's obviously very rehearsed and it goes off really well. And then, you know, Jerry just looks kind of smug. I didn't think it was that great. It's uh, What's amazing is like he opens up with, have you ever noticed that everything is small on a plane? And I mean, the answer is just yes, I have. <laughs> we've we've all noticed that everything is small on a plane, obviously. Uh, and it is it's it's a classic clean humor Jerry Seinfeld joke. You know, it's uh, there's there's no way to kind of misread this joke. You know exactly what you're getting as soon as he starts on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's like. It's it's a good joke, but it's it's funny. This brand of his humor is probably his most dated feeling humor. It's a little it's a little too tidy. It's a little too it's a little too fun. A little too clean. Like I don't know if you guys have seen Jerry Seinfeld stand up in the last couple of years. There's a lot of yelling. <laughs> he's he's kind of turning into like Larry David. He always sounds kind of like shocked. He's like whoa, and he sounds kind of like that actually. I you know. Uh, I don't. I don't think he'll ever be on our show now. That if he ever, if he was ever, there was a chance that he was going to be on the show, and he just heard me go "wow" as uh, my impression of his voice. Uh, but he is, and he's very like energetic, and he kind of like pretends to run and things. And this is just like it's just cute humor, cute little cute humor with a bow on it. Yeah, yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's pretty much what I felt like. The only thing that I thought was that I very much agreed with. Well, no, the whole thing you agree with, everything is very small. It's just about time feels smaller in an airport for me. Time feels time smaller? Feels small? Yeah, like it, everything feels like a normal life. It's like, oh, I have an hour to do something. Plenty of time. That sounds great. And then, but for me, an hour to do something in the airport, it, it feels like 15 minutes. It, it feels like nothing. What, are you living in the opposite world of everyone else? No, I mean, once you pass everything before security, feels like not enough time. Or if you have to change planes, oh. if I don't have like two hours minimum, I just don't, I won't even book that flight. I just assume I can't make it. So you view Do- airport time in terms of Newtonian time. <laughs> uh, yes, that's correct. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like in airports i'm always bored like 
I feel like that security line, it always feels like it takes way too long. I feel like when they say the plane's going to board, it's really five minutes, but it feels like an hour. I feel I feel like the opposite, except for the ride to the airport. I'm always stressed that I don't have enough time. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the airport time is, it's slow. It's very slow. Uh, at all times, it feels slow. Like the airplane ride feels like it takes forever. The wait takes forever. Everything about time at the airport is slow. So I don't I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's because you two travel a lot more than I do. But I don't know. But like I, I think most people are gonna be with me on this. I, I think you I think you're on the outside if you think that time in the airport's flying by, unless you're in the bar sucking back wine. Uh... <laughs> Wait, you don't do that? Oh. That's just how you travel, Cameron. Well, maybe you highfalutin folk. Mm-hmm. I'm down here with the commoners. <laughs> um, so the episode starts with Elaine and Jerry driving to the airport. I guess they're in St. Louis. St. Louis? St. Louis? What does a person say? I think you say St. Louis. Saint Louis. I, think I think if you're Louis. from St. Louis, you can say St. Louis, but other than that. It's a little pretentious to say St. Louis? Yeah it, yeah, it feels a little too familiar, you know? Okay. It's, like, it's, so, like calling, it's like calling your, like, friend's girlfriend by her like pet name that he has for her it's a little too personal that's a little weird it's really specific um, example <laughs> got that right babe <laughs> um so the the, the shot kind of opens with elaine scatting i guess she's in a really good mood after having visited her sister and uh yeah, they ended up missing, you know, like they just had a, a series of mishaps. They like missed the shuttle to the airport. And uh, yeah. I really, uh, I liked her scatting and I liked Jerry's response to it. I, I thought that whole little setup in the car initially is great. Could you do me a favor? Could you shut up? Really? <laughs> I disliked that totally. I didn't uh, like it at all. What? What was wrong with that? She... It was hilarious. No, first of all, Elaine, who are you? That's a ridiculous thing to do. Scatting. I don't know. I thought that was a little ridiculous. But wait, don't you and think immediately scatting is fun? No, I don't. Give it a really? try right now. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> I can't. All I want, like, right there, all I wanted to say was, mbop. Which <laughs> 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 Okay, well, maybe when you're when you're not you're not uh, like pressured, you got to try it. It's real fun. It's like the worst thing in the world to listen to, but it's yeah. very fun to do. Yeah, and just like and doing Jerry like an annoying little song up. in the car, it's great. No, oh, and I didn't like the shutting up. That's so. That sounds very harsh. Well, listen, mom. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. Uh, you know, between yep. friends, she's, I, I would say she's clearly intentionally trying to annoy Jerry a little bit, and he's mm-hmm. hes just playing along, you know, it's its mm-hmm. harshness in good fun. Okay, sure. Like, that was fun. <laughs> and Patrick's punctuating was also fantastic. <laughs> now, also in this scene, what happens is Jerry goes to take off his coat, asks Elaine to hold the wheel, and she's very uh, upset about this. She doesn't like it. Have you guys ever been asked to hold the wheel for another person while they're driving or been the person asking someone else to hold the wheel? What, what's your thoughts on this? I, I usually I, help I, them take off their jacket. 
but well, so you put all the manpower resources into removing the jacket and and no resources no. into steering the car <laughs> well because the hand does it always gets stuck when you're trying to do it yourself so you gotta you know help a help a friend out you hold the sleeve for them and then it's very quick and then he the person still has one hand on the wheel it's fine oh i see i thought you were both just concentrating on taking off the jacket no one yeah was that's what i thought she was oh. like <laughs> no no <laughs> So uh, no, wait, I've so never keep, done this. this you seems keep one hand on the wheel. One person keeps one hand on the wheel, and then the two of you remove the other hand from the jacket. Wait, in my situ- in my scenario? Yeah, I'm confused. No, so like, okay, so essentially, I do this for mom all the time. Um, so she would have like one hand on the wheel driving, and then, boom, hot flash. She has to take her coat off immediately. So she like wiggles her arm like halfway and then I'm fighting with the sleeve as she holds on with the wheel with one hand still driving. And then once that arm is free, she holds the wheel with that arm and then something happens so that the jacket comes off the other arm. I never pay attention to that part because I can't. <laughs> and then something happens. Some, some magic occurs. Yeah. Well, it, I think at that point you can just kind of shake your arm and the jacket will come off, right? Yeah. So and probably that. Mm-hmm. You shake your arm and the jacket comes off. Yeah, because like the you can like sort of like just shake your hand out of the the jacket. I assume you've taken off a jacket before, Cameron. Yeah. How well, do you I, do it? Well, I don't just have a breakaway jacket where I just kind of wiggle my arm and the jacket comes flying off. But if you have one arm out of the jacket and the other half is just hanging there, like you almost have to do nothing and the jacket comes right off. I guess I, I, I don't know. Like when you're but when you're sitting in the car. Uh, there's not enough room, I think, to like put your arm in the sort of position where the sleeve would just slide down because the, the your shoulder is like still over your shoulder. Come on. But the, it's not being anchored by the other side or anything. It's totally free. But it's, 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 it's pretty still, easy. If you, you can, up, I have faith in you. You it's can still do this. up on your shoulder, and then your back is pinning part of it against the seat. No, but like that's it's yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Cameron, Megan's homework is to scat later. Your homework is to try to take off a jacket with just with one arm already out. See how hard it is if you can just shake it off. Mm-hmm. Well, t- tune in next week when Megan chokes on her own tongue scatting and dies and Cameron crashes his vehicle into, a, I don't know, a, a light pole. Wait, so have you ever done this thing where like someone is holding the wheel for you while you're doing something else with your hands? Well, that's pretty open to interpretation there. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think so. I've I've actually so Zoe doesn't really like to to do this. Sometimes I've, I'm too hot with the jacket and I want to take it off and I, I want her to hold the wheel, but she won't do it. She won't hold the wheel for me. I wouldn't either. It seems I just think I'd want seems her to dangerous. Hold the wheel. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't do it in like the middle of like a downtown street or in busy traffic. It's like when like, you're kind of just you're on kind of like a quiet road, just just by yourself. You're driving like. I don't know, you slow down, you're driving like 10 kilometers an hour or whatever. So this isn't in the middle of an unprotected left turn downtown in rush hour? No, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not like that. I wouldn't do it in that scenario. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've I've done it before. It's it's a bit of a disaster, to be honest, but what, what can you do? Um, okay, so... I guess they're like all excited about the timing of, of getting there. They're happy. And then they're taking, they're returning a rental car and they're just a quick scene, which is really bizarre. And, uh, 
they're taking the shuttle from the rental place to the airport and they miss the shuttle and there's a shot of the driver just laughing as they miss the shuttle like a crazy loon no i'm pretty sure he's a member of the writing staff don't don't quote me on that i'm not 100 percent sure but I'm like 90 90 plus percent sure that's a, a writer cameo there huh. um and then there's there's a last uh uh like scene of them arriving at the airport where they they're dropping off their bags you know they're trying to uh like figure out how much to tip them and then they're late for their flight and have to run for their flight now questions what is this airport or airport luggage porter what is this does this job still exist because i'm not familiar with this job yeah i was also very confused i actually have written down what is this question mark bag drop off ballet doesn't make any sense oh so you can you can like when you have your ticket like in the old days you'd have to like go to a travel agent or whatever and they would print out a ticket for you and then you would like show up at the curb and you know show them where you're going they would tag your bag with like the flight number and then you right at the curb they've taken your bag and then you can just go check in whatever this is this is like the last days of air travel having any sort of glamour at all uh, I think you can still do this, but I don't think it's very popular. I think if you have like 30 bags or, you know, like maybe not 30 bags, like five bags and they're all heavy mm-hmm. and you're going on an international flight, you can still do this. Really? Yeah. This is what they did in Home Alone. You know, I was, was going to say, I, I remember in Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. But it's so uh, lacking in security. Like bags. Yeah. And he's just let's just throw this behind me because nobody's going to come behind me and take this luggage or like slip a gun in there. I don't know. <laughs> slip a gun well, I mean, there? I, I mean, don't know. The luggage is still going through the x-rays, right? Yeah, I guess. But then you're, boom, you're framed for having a gun. Seems irresponsible. <laughs> it doesn't seem safe enough. I'm concerned. But it doesn't matter if you have a gun in your bag and it's checked. Oh. Right? Right. But I guess you're right, maybe. I mean, but you still need the ticket. You need to show them the ticket. I guess you could fake the ticket. I don't know. Right. Who's this also, enemy of yours that's trying to frame you with a gun in your luggage? <laughs> Anybody. I don't know. <laughs> wow, Megan's high-risk, high, uh, high risk, high-glamour lifestyle has anybody willing to frame her for gun possession. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then, so... It, it turns out that, you know, they were late, but it ends up their flight was canceled anyway, and they have to take a different flight uh, instead of to JFK to LaGuardia. Um, and the one of the, like, big sources of the conflict in this episode is that there's one first-class ticket, one coach. Jerry says he'll take the first-class ticket. And, you know, Elaine protests, but, you know, he insists that, you know, since he's had first-class, he knows what that privilege is like. He can't give it up. I mean, he was smart. He was smart to immediately claim that ticket because there was yeah. there was no discussion. He's like, "I'll take it," and so she protested, but it was too late. Like the lady didn't even pay attention to the argument. She was like, "Yep, tap 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 tap. Here's your ticket, sir." That tap 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 was the sound of her tapping the keyboard. 
Yeah, uh, you know, the, the thing, it is kind of smart. Like, if you do really want it, like, doing that, like, you claim you want it, like, right away, mm-hmm. then if the other person protests, they kind of seem a little petty, right? You know, like, when you're just saying, like, oh, I'll take it, you know, whatever, then, you know, like, one of you has to take it. But then when you're protesting, you seem really small, right? You but if you just is, wait... What? This is a classic power uh, power move. Patrick Armstrong, <laughs> no wonder you like this. You love those power moves. See, I, I absolutely, like, wouldn't do this. I would have been like, oh, I don't know which one of us should take it. Maybe we should flip a coin or something. But, uh, you know, I admire, I admire Jerry's move here. Now, when they were running down there in the corridor and Jerry's like, lift your legs, don't run like a girl. Oh, did, right. you guys, did you guys notice that they run down the same corridor twice? No, I when didn't. They, they run down, they come out from the right-hand side of your screen, come straight down towards you, and then when they cut, it's just them back at the top of the same corridor, but they come out of the left side and run straight down. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. I was distracted by him telling her to run like a man and then uh, him like running ridiculously uh i think that's kind of the point i think they yeah. bo- like and it's great because when elaine tries to copy his run style and she's got all that luggage uh she looks like uh i don't know she looks insane yeah i don't understand why elaine didn't check that baggage too she already checked one bag that is true you know if you're checking mm-hmm. some might as well check it all well maybe at the uh five dollars per bag rate she felt she couldn't afford to check any more bags um all right um so they get on the plane and you know we immediately see the difference between elaine and jerry's worlds for the next few few hours uh elaine gets into the coach seat and there's a guy sitting next to her and he doesn't like to check his bags because he doesn't like to wait uh, which I guess was uncommon at this time. I feel like the vast majority of people at this time, like now, especially on domestic flights, don't check their bags. Yeah. Um, and Jerry sits down and sits next to a model. When I first uh, saw... I'm oh, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, just when the guy who doesn't want to check any of his luggage... I was just amazed. It's like, is this a thing? Unlimited hand luggage? Just as much hand luggage as you would like. Like, it doesn't seem like they would let him on with, like, seven different pieces. Well, you know, maybe before everyone was checking their bags, or everyone was not checking, or, like, when everyone was checking their bags, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter how much you were taking on, just because it seemed so much less convenient than checking it at the, right at the, the front door of the airport. Yeah, maybe. Also, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I've like definitely like experienced this kind of situation where someone has like a little too much uh, mm-hmm. like baggage with them, and they're like they're kind of like upset that you're sitting there, so they can't put their bag on your seat. Yeah. Uh, like this, the last flight I was on a while ago, there was the person sitting next to me, and she had an enormous bag that like it was under the seat in front of her, but it came out you know, like three quarters of a foot or something. So you had maybe like a quarter foot of foot room. And so when I got to my seat, she had put that bag in front of my seat and she was just (laughs) sitting like relaxing and like reading a magazine. And so I I, like asked her if it was her bag and she was like, 
yes, of course. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, is this, I don't understand. Like, this is my seat. And she's like, yeah, but I just need the leg room. I was like, I know, but I also need leg room. <laughs> so do I. And I'm so, so like, mad for you. <laughs> eventually she like was like, well, you have the aisle, so you have you can put your feet in the aisle. I was like, well, okay, well, why don't we switch? I'll sit in the middle, and you can sit in the aisle seat with your bag here. She's like, I don't see how that's fair. I wanted the middle seat. And then, you know, eventually, you know, uh, I just, you know, waited until she, like, eventually moved, and she didn't speak to me or look at me for the rest of the flight. But she, wait, you kept that moved? bag there? Uh, she she moved like I ended, she moved out and uh, I took the middle seat and she took the the aisle seat with like her feet crowned. She was very upset with me though. Well, I mean, she's kind of crazy. Well, I think the thing is, this story illustrates like the same story that you know, like Elaine experiences this whole episode is that people who are on airplanes act like garbage and it's just a terrible experience. It's just always awful. People act their worst in airports. Why do you yeah. think that is? Uh, why is it, why is it uh, jungle rules? Why is there... I think it's just people are forced to be together in the same place for hours. And, like, you know, if you're, you're like, riding, like, the, the subway or whatever, you're only, like, crammed in next to someone for... I don't know, like 20 minutes at most or something. And then, you know, someone's getting off their stop and shifting or something. And so like maybe like five minutes of someone being like really awful is much like much more bearable than like hours of being next to some unbearable, awful person. I, yeah, but it's just like, I, I really can't fathom what it's like to have no concept that you're being like completely inconsiderate to the people around you and you don't care. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like the fact that that lady thought that somehow you were getting the sweet deal and that she didn't even have to ask you for that space. Like, yeah, well, you know, you've got the aisle. Come on. <laughs> Leave it at that. Like, did she just, and, and that's the thing. I think social, social norms kind of allow her to get away with that. Cause people don't want to be confrontational. So most mm-hmm. people would be like, Oh, uh, you know, like, okay. Uh, but you know what? She didn't know who she was messing with. Mm-hmm. She didn't know Patrick Armstrong was going to stand up to her. Well, luckily I was grumpy that day, so I did stand up to her. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I could see a world where Patrick Armstrong would have just like... <laughs> I mean, it. There, it was was a- so, there was so little leg room. Like, this was not uh, like uh, a suitcase that really should be fit sitting under the, under the seat. Yeah, like, why you- didn't she just put it up top? Uh, well, it was a really full flight, and I think there was no room. Like, you know, often, like, the flight, oh, yeah. like, fills up and all the overhead things are full. What really should have happened was that bag should have been checked. I don't know why she didn't just check it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, maybe next time she will. Now, how would would you have escalated that? Would you have, like, uh, maybe called over, like, a flight attendant or something? Yeah, absolutely. This was an early flight, and I was really grumpy, and I just wanted to, like, sit and listen to music and ignore everyone. Yeah, and like I think what it is on planes is you're really territorial about your space. Like that is that's the home you get for the next like seven hours. Mm-hmm. So I I would have none of this. I can't even. I'm getting like like so mad just hearing it. I just want to punch this woman in the face already. 
like honestly if i was getting on a long flight and somebody was just like i had the right to put my bag here oh i'd be such a bad person to them i'd be bad (laughs) Um, now most most people aren't aware of this but Megan is a pretty big fan of this show, and I, I know she's excited to be on the show today. And mm-hmm. this is exactly the sort of thing where I'd receive a call at, like, 10 a.m. from Megan, where she's <laughs> like, oh, I am so ma- How could she do that to Patrick? And I have to call her back and be like, who are you talking about? <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, like, I, I got a mysterious phone call and a message from Megan the other day about, like, how mad she was. And then she also added that she was wondering if she was a good person because she was agreeing with Chris on something. (laughs) It was about this woman in Vancouver that wanted to force you to be her friend by waking you, making you wear a name tag. Oh, that lady. I hated it. I think, to be fair, I think we were pretty unanimous in disliking that lady. You guys were so nice about it, though, and you thought Chris was being so mean, and my opinion was, like, worse than Chris's. Like, mm. yeah. That, that, don't get me started. I could talk. <laughs> how much time do we have today, guys? I could go forever. Oh, we got all day. Yeah. Welcome to the first 12-hour episode of What's the Deal <laughs> show. Uh, but, yes, to, to kind of keep things moving along and to, to summarize, it's a, it's a grim situation uh, mm-hmm. in... Uh, in coach there and they they do a good job of highlighting that when they first come in it's like even the lighting is dim it's like walking into a dungeon Mm -hmm. uh and i actually think even though it seems kind of cliche that jerry sitting next to a model is actually probably the most clever way to somehow uh hype up the quality of first class because the joke of jerry just having like fine dining and excellent service isn't quite enough while elaine suffers Mm-hmm. That the fact that he has met like a beautiful person that finds him interesting uh, seems like so outrageous, like and it's so unlikely for an airplane, uh, and yet so few people really travel in first class that you know maybe people they watch this and they're like that's where all the models are. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like definitely on uh, domestic flights when I walk through that like first class or business class, it is not models up there it's usually gray-faced businessmen uh who are avoiding eye contact while using their like windows 8 tablet that's how you know they're monsters (laughs) (laughs) Um, so actually one more thing in the scene they both sit in the wrong seat have you guys ever sat in the wrong seat on a plane how hard is it to sit in the right seat Um, sometimes the label is like kind of in between seats or like it's like lettered and you're like you read the sign wrong, like which one is like, like B is the aisle or the window or whatever. I've, I've sat in the wrong seat. No, totally. When I was flying back from Turkey, uh, the it was on like a Lufthansa flight. So it was a credible airplane. But how the, yeah, how the labeling of the seats were done, it was so, it looked so off center that there was three rows of us that were all sitting in the wrong seat. So three rows of us had to, like, all move forward one. So uh, it happens. It can be difficult. Well, maybe if, uh, maybe if you're a bad, bad person. <laughs> um, okay, so back in New York, we've got Kramer and George driving. And George is thrilled because their trip is timed perfectly. He thinks he's going to arrive there, you know exactly the right number of minutes after the plane lands so when they get out they'll just be there they don't have to wait at all uh george is also 
skeptical of the duty-free shop, but uh, Kramer's excited about it. You guys ever uh, you buy things at the duty-free shop? I, I know the what? answer for one person. <laughs> I always buy beers. <clears throat> always. I always get alcohol on the flights. And I'm specifically really upset if there isn't a duty-free shop that I can buy cheap alcohol from to take home. It's pretty what disappointing. You, what are you really saving? A lot. Yeah, you're saving you're yeah. saving all the the like liquor liquor taxes. And then also just alcohol is so much more expensive in British Columbia that so buying it at a duty-free store like in Fiji is so cheap. It's, it's you're paying their prices and it's duty-free. I feel like every duty-free shop I've ever been in, I haven't been wowed by the prices. Maybe it's just because I drink a lot of like cheap alcohol or something, so it like it doesn't ever impress me. I remember Megan was very excited about some sort of like special brand of tequila. Oh yeah, and then but I was really excited because at the Costco they had a really nice tequila, and I was like, I'm just gonna wait till we hit up that duty-free shop on the way home. And then there wasn't one in the airport. Livid. <laughs> Are you, are you getting a sense of the Wong family vacation? It's like, well, uh, we're, here we are in Hawaii. Where should we go? I don't know. Costco? Should we check out the Costco? <laughs> oh, no. so big tequila big savings. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get we a so bulk... much alcohol. It was terrible. Let's get a bulk bag of uh, meat while we're here. Oh, yeah. I love the bulk bag of meat from Costco. It's good. <laughs> uh, Patrick, uh, duty-free shop? I have I have bought it before. Like I bought it once actually. Like I was taking the ferry between Seattle and Victoria, and the black uh, ball. No, not that one. The um, the the one that's like a catamaran. Uh, what's that called? The catamaran. Yeah, it's like on two little. Um, like I don't know. Maybe I don't even know what a catamaran is. But you know where it's got like two hulls instead of one. So like it's kind of like skis instead of like like a single like boat yeah yeah, yeah i've only it, ever seen that for like touristy sightseeing was it kind of like a cruise no 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 it's like it'll, it'll, <laughs> yeah, it'll, a cruise from victoria I to know, washington it doesn't seem worthwhile no it's just the it's just the like the fastest boat or i guess the only real boat between victoria and seattle it's well, uh what about the black ball oh i guess that goes that to goes Port to Angeles. Port Angeles, which is pretty far from from seattle um yeah so like on this boat uh, like it's because it's between the U.S. and in Canada, you can uh, like get the duty-free prices. So it's even like better than an airport because they just bring you a menu of all these inexpensive liquors that you can buy, and you just like mark it off, and then they bring it to you. Uh, it's it's very convenient, and there's there's like a pretty good like saving. Like sometimes it's like half the price of uh, buying in a liquor store. So decadent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I love it. I love because you can do that on the airplane too, where they just have the menu. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's just I don't know. I also like online shopping, and I just like the idea of looking in, at a piece of paper, and being like, I want that, and then it just comes to you. It's this great. Is, but this it's is like, like you with everything. It's like a restaurant, right? It's oh, like it's true. I love looking at menus. I do. I love it's it kind of like you're like a like a king or a queen or something when you just like want something and then it comes to you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And they're so pleasant. The flight attendants when you're perusing and purchasing things, it's nice. And it's something the to do on the flight, please. And then they bring <laughs> it. To you. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm. I guess. I mean, I'm into the idea of a sale. I like cheap mm-hmm. things, but 
I don't know. I especially hate it in the airport. It's just like this. In a lot of them, uh, you like you have to walk through it to like to the gates. Oh like, yeah, they, like they right. Of, and I just I can't stand it. It's just like this cesspool of commercialism. I'm already kind of stressed out, and then like they want me to shop. It's not happening. Oh no, I love well because I have this the time the shrinking of time before I get through security. I always have so much time afterwards. So there's time for me to shop because I have four hours to kill. I like to envision it as just you moving like a lot faster in the mall than normal <laughs> yeah. people. Like it's not like time's going any faster. You're just moving quicker. But I, I, I just like how I experience the airport. It's like, oh, you get there. Boom. Ticket, luggage, security. Buy something get the duty free. Sit, have a meal, have a drink. And then you're boarding the plane. That's it. It's done. That's like that's all the time gone. Hey, remember how just a second ago I said the finest scotch in the land like I was a king? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily just brought me some scotch. Oh. We thought that was an order for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, here, let's Emily's see what happens. The best. I sure love a scotch right now. No, you gotta be you gotta be more uh regal and demanding. The Baron would like a scotch. <laughs> Zoe's not home. <laughs> Penny just brings you a scotch. Oh, that'd be great. Just a little yeah. cat with a bell on it. Um, all right. So uh, I think we've covered uh, the duty, duty free, free pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so back at, uh, in first class on the plane, uh, we're, we're introduced to uh, Jerry meeting the model. And like I think the first thing you hear her saying is talking about squeezing her breasts together. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, she's got to be popular at all the parties. Mm-hmm. The with a story like that. Yeah, and then they they look at a nearly nude ad of her in Jerry's magazine. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never met, or at least not aware that I've met a model. Do you think they're all this friendly about their their business? Because mm. well, it's, it's like it's like their day at the office, right? Like. And then I, I found know. some missing money in the accounting department. You know, is it? I mean, I guess they have an exotic, sort of glamorous job, but I don't know that they all are. But this one is right, and this mm-hmm. is what makes Jerry's experience like so, like, like such a contrast to Elaine's, right? Yeah. Let me ask you a little. Uh, what's the deal trivia? What do you think Chris Young would say about this? Oh, I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Insert Chris comment. Uh, Chris comment. What a pretty lady. I think he'd be super into the pretty lady. Do you think he would say, yeah. what a pretty lady? I think he would be like, oh, pretty lady. He would. He'd be like, no, he wouldn't use those words. Though. He wouldn't. He would say, this woman's got a lot of talent. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that sounds like something Chris Young would say on the show. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. He wouldn't call her an off-duty prostitute like in the last episode. She is mm-hmm. a very good model. <laughs> um... So things are going well for Jerry, but we start seeing how things start unwinding for everyone else. There's a quick scene where George and Kramer are stuck in traffic. George is upset because Kramer isn't driving the exact way he wanted, and his timing's not going to be off. And back in coach, Elaine is furious. She's crushed by her neighbor's bags, and the lady next door is chewing gum loudly. It's a bad situation. Going back to the scene when George is like, annoyed at Kramer oh man he's got the best death look oh I was like I love his annoyed face it is it's classic 
it's so good. I, I think I've worn that face many a time, and I hope it looks as good on me as it does on him. Anyways, I just wanted to comment. Great face. No, no, it's good. Good face there. Good, uh, good acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, George and Kramer eventually arrive at the airport. Uh, they see the flights canceled. And George wants a Time magazine because there's a blurb that mentions him in it. Uh, and then we see him get a confrontation with the criminals on the cover. And we see George taunt him. Uh, pretty bold for George. Yeah, I mean, this really shows what a coward George is and, like, what a bully he is at the same time. Like, he's in this situation where he's invulnerable and he uses it to taunt this guy. Well, and he's like, this guy is enough of a hardened enough criminal that he made the front cover of Time magazine with the headline, Caught. Like, isn't George worried that when this guy gets out of jail one day that he's just going to find George and stab him in the throat? Well, I mean, I think George is thinking he's going to have a life sentence. You know, he says, like, have a nice life. Sentence. Sentence. (laughs) Sentence. But you're on these shackles. (laughs) Yeah, and what is with his voice? He, like, sounds like he's in a, like, a old detective movie. Sounds like he's in Rat Bait. I was wondering that. Is that, is he quoting something? Or is that just his mocking voice? Well, number one, good reference to uh, Rat Bait there, Patrick. Um, yeah, I think he's making a reference to a play. Oh, really? About being in shackles? Yeah. Um. Oh, no, it's uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. What's that? Oh, that title's very familiar. It's, um, it's that movie where the, the, the lady... I don't even know how to describe it. It's a really famous movie, though. Uh, it was from it was from the '60s. Um, it's like it's it's always on like the American Film Institute's like top movies list for like villains and things like that. It has Joan Crawford in it? I think. Hmm. Um. Also, I noticed in this scene after George is being a jerk, but does George have really tiny feet? It looks like his feet are very small in that scene. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe because he's being a very small person uh, to that man. But Hey-o. he looked teeny. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I noticed. I didn't even like see his feet. Well, I and mean, then also, he's, yeah, he's short, so he wouldn't have feet that are that big. See, I'm I'm paused on his feet here. Mm-hmm. They just look like. I don't know. They don't look that tiny. Maybe. I mean, they're kind of like foreshortened in the one shot because like his his like uh, his like toe is pointed towards the camera. And, but he might have small feet. I don't know. Or are you saying this is like a deliberate choice on the the part of the 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 like director to to show him having small feet? Uh, no, no, that was just a, like, I just, <laughs> that would have been amazing. That, I mean, that would be very well crafted. Uh, no, I just thought, Hey, it looks like George has two feet. Well, I can, I can include the like screenshot in the, in the, um, the show notes here. Yeah. That'd be great. Screenshot. <sighs> 
Oh, right. She's it, the line from Baby Jane is that she's in that chair. Yeah, ah, in that chair. Yeah, ah. So, uh, in in whatever happened to Baby Jane, Baby Jane was like. Uh, there's two sisters, and Baby Jane was like the more famous as a young actress, uh, and her other sister has become like a faded star, and it didn't work out. But uh, Blanche. Uh, one one of the sisters ran the other one over with a car when drunk, and the other one's in a wheelchair. And that that lines from a scene where she's talking about how uh, like things wouldn't be like this if she wasn't in this chair. And that's the line. It's like, but you are in that chair. Wow. So pretty pretty dark uh, pretty dark for George there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's also weird about this scene is. This guy, I mean, he's presumably a murderer or something. He, they're just carrying him through a commercial airport to take him to prison, I guess? Uh, no, they that actually, seems weird. They do actually do that. They don't usually uh, fly special transports for prisoners unless they're, like, really, really high profile, which this guy maybe is. But when I was in France, when I was going to France, uh, they were, like, transporting a prisoner on the plane. And they, he had, just like this, they had two policemen with him at all times, like shackled hands and ankles. Uh, he even used, when he used the public restroom in the terminal, they emptied out the restroom so there was nobody else in there. And then they had one guy go in with them and one person stopped people from using the washroom while he was in there. Hmm. Wow. And okay. then I, I took his Time magazine. <laughs> That's crazy. I, yeah, I guess I just assumed because I've never seen anyone that they must take like a little different route to get to the terminal or something like that. But I assumed it was mostly like that movie Broken Arrow. <laughs> wait, what? Do you mean? With, I don't Chris, think you mean Broken Arrow. With Christian oh, Slater? Conair? Conair. Conair, yeah, Conair. Oh my God, Conair, one of the best movies ever. Let's have a podcast about that. John Cusack, good time. Uh, I don't think it is like that. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, as they like Kramer comes back and he's figured out that they're going to LaGuardia, he sees Kramer sees someone he recognizes, but he's not sure where. Um, and then we're in the next scene. Elaine is in coach. She really has to go to the bathroom, and this is where I think we start seeing Elaine, you know, transforming kind of into like a wild animal or something. <laughs> <laughs> the wild uh, like, child. Yeah, like this guy's really upset about you know having to get up to go. And he doesn't even get up. He just sort of like leans back in his seat so she can slide out to go to the bathroom. It's it's awful. It's all bad because I mean, there's nothing worse on the plane to me, or at least there's few things worse than a person, a stranger sleeping next to me. It's yeah. way too personal of an act, and yet it's also like a major problem for you to do anything like if you need to get up if you uh like if there's like food service or something comes by uh i really really don't like it and then of course when you wake them up of course they're grumpy you wake up a person from like a little sleep they're not Mm -hmm. usually happy and so that all that coupled with the fact that they're strangers it's a it's a it's a bad scenario but this guy's also a jerk he should have just stood up yeah i see when i look at this it makes me think of kind of two things. One, that it's, it's just the reality of like flying on an airplane. You have to go to the bathroom. You're realistically not going to be able to hold it for the full flight. Just 
wake him up and and go. You have just as many rights as he does. You can go and use the bathroom. Two, this is why I never want the middle seat. Cameron, we have talked about this. It is so difficult for her to get over him. And if anything goes wrong on that plane, virtually trapped in that spot. Cameron has ruined me for this now. Megan's concerns are all about if the plane crashes. Now, if the plane crashes, odds are you're dead anyways. No, that's not always the case. I have, I look at the safety pamphlet. I know the perfect, I've practiced the position. I know a position I want to be in if there's going to be a crash. Trust me, other people have been doing that position. Other people have been crashed. Is this the thing where you like lean forward and hold your arm, your legs with yeah, the, your arms? The, the brace well, there's position. two options. There's two oh. different brace positions. I mean, that would be my choice because I don't trust the seat one. I just the mechanics seems wrong. But you know, pl- like pilots know what to do. That's their job. I think. I think you could survive. And then once you do, then you're gonna die because you're in the dreaded middle seat and you can't get out. Well, it's better than being on the window. Yeah. But ever ever since you took that flight that apparently went up in flames and you scared the heck out of me, I can I used to be a window. I used to love sitting at the window. And now I have to sit in the aisle. Like, I have to be the person that gets up for everyone to go pee because I need to be in that aisle seat. The aisle seat is the best, though. It is pretty sweet. Like, I mean, on the airplane, you got that tiny window. It's not that great to look out anyway. Oh, well, the but then you can seat. rest your head against it. That's true. It's the best napping. For sleeping, the window is the best. Anyways, that was my rant. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Cameron. Um, You've ruined air travel for me. uh, And so, you know, further contrasting Elaine's terrible situation here, back in first class, Jerry is being refreshed with a hot towel, (laughs) is offered some slippers. I mean, this seeing this happen, this is, like, I think what airlines want people to think airline travel is still like you know like when you see like uh you know an ad for like delta airlines or something it's always like relaxed pleasant people all smiling being handed blankets and towels this elaine's experience is much closer to uh, the reality i think but if you're in first class that is what it's like it's like that i don't think it's that good it, Cameron and I have experienced this. We weren't even in first class. We were just in executive class. And it was amazing. It's totally different. Mm. I gotta like, get Even sure. the meals are so much better. Like you get fancy. There was goat cheese for my salad. You get, you get the hot towel. That's a thing that happens to you in first class. But it, it's not quite like it is here. Like it, it's awesome. But I, I don't want to oversell it. You know, like it's, it's really good. But it's not like they're your servants. And on this, this is like having an army of slaves on okay, Seinfeld yeah. who are just like catering to your every whim. Hmm. Um, so back in the car in New York, they're driving to LaGuardia. Kramer wants to turn around because he remembers that that guy he saw was his roommate from 20 years ago who stiffed him on the rent, owes him $240. He wants to go back. Gross fard. Now, the, the crazy thing is here, so like he wants to go back and George really doesn't want to because if uh, they don't end up picking up Jerry and Elaine, he thinks he's going to have to pay back this, this $50 he owes. 
So they're both kind of like, it's crazy to want to drive back to find this guy to get the $240. But it's also like extremely like selfish of like George the only doesn't want to turn back for like selfish reasons. Yeah. Right. There's nothing surprising about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? Because Chris Young is uh, not here, I did the inflation. $240 mm-hmm. would be $392.67. Now, is, is that to now or to 1994? To 1992. To, oh, to, oh, that's how I should have done that. Right, because oh, it, was, it was 20 years before, so it was like $1972. Right. Right. Damn, I just blew it. I was so ready to like put <laughs> the show properly. That's well, okay. You're off, it, you're off the show. <laughs> um, yeah, now, my thing about this scene is that, isn't it, wouldn't it be more realistic if the deadbeat that it skipped out on paying someone's rent back be Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but maybe, maybe this is what uh, turned Kramer into a deadbeat. You know, he was too trusting. Then he decided, you know, look out for number one. He's been taken advantage of too many times. Mm. Never again. <laughs> um, so back on, on the airplane, you know, Elaine is ready to go to the bathroom. You know, further compounding how bad things are. Uh, a, like, guy who looks like he's a member of ZZ Top gets out and <laughs> has stunk up the bathroom. Elaine's not having a good time. Meanwhile, in first class... The bathroom is like an English garden. Is that gardenias? <laughs> I thought I smelled some lilac. Uh, so uh, ZZ Top coming out of the washroom there is uh, Larry Charles, the writer and director, writer on Seinfeld and director of movies, writer of this episode. I think we saw him before. Didn't we see him in like the parking lot? Uh, yes. parking garage episode. He is indeed in the parking garage episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so then, I guess after they, Kramer and G- George arrive at LaGuardia, they figure out that actually they need to go back to JFK because uh, the flight was redirected again. And Kramer has a really great uh, line here. Um, he like... He quotes, like, uh, from that poem, like, where, like, No Man is an Island comes from and says, like, uh, like, I forget how it goes, like, remember who, like, the bell tolls for, the bell tolls for thee, Grossfart? Grossfart? The bell tolls for, for thee, Grossfart. John Grossfart. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Although, so this is where, and I'm going to talk about this a lot as this episode ends. This is where the episode kind of loses me a little bit for, like, the realism of what's happening on the plane, which is already unrealistic. But, so, in this scene, they say they have 45 minutes before they're going to land. And in the next 45 minutes of service, they're going to do, they do a food service. They uh, hand out sundaes and ice cream. Uh, They have a nap time up front in first class. Uh, Like, this is Megan's, like, time time, uh, shrink all over again or something. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe time is expanding in the plane. Because so much happens to them in this 45 minutes. I mean, when you're on a plane, there's 45 minutes left. Like... They're turning off those TVs in like 20 minutes. Forget about a food service. Yeah, see, 45 minutes 
if they give me a 45 minute mark, I just feel like I've already landed. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's it. I'm pretty much already on the tarmac. That's how my time shrink works. <laughs> but yeah, I think. In oh, that sorry. last, well, in like usually the last half an hour, you're like, I guess up until like recently in the States, you're not allowed to use your, your like uh, iPod or, or like iPad or whatever, you know? And if you didn't bring like a regular book, you're stuck reading Sky Mall. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, Megan's happy, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The food service, I found, I have so many questions about how that food service worked, where I don't know if I've ever been told that I'm not allowed to get up during the food service. I mean, I just don't, because that's, let's face it, the food service is the highlight for me. No matter how par, like, the service, like, the food is on an airplane, I would be heartbroken if I, I I won't let myself fall asleep during that first 20 minutes, because... God forbid I miss the food. I would be so upset. So the, the the fact that this happened, I was I was so confused. Even just missing like uh, the opportunity to get like a soda and some some peanuts, that's upsetting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I agree. One time I was on a flight and the the food service people like just totally missed our row. Uh, because there was like a there's a little break for um, some turbulence or something where they had to do the thing where they rolled the cart back and then they came back and you know because it's an airplane it's hard to get people's attention they're trying to do it quickly they like didn't hear us when we tried to like flag them down mm. and I guess none of us were like forceful enough to like get up and like demand service it was very upsetting wait did you just not get food no they eventually came back and we all got free drinks. It was nice. Oh, like, uh, I got oh, a like I got a like nice beer. It was great. Mm-hmm. Now I know they can do food very quickly because I was on a Turkish airline flight and it was only like an hour, maybe a fifty-minute flight, and we got a food service in that amount of time. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's it was. Crazy. Oh, it was. It was great. It was fantastic. But so now that makes me wonder why it takes so long or why they don't do it more often on very short domestic flights in Canada. Because usually the plane is, the plane is too, if the plane is big enough, right, it's about the size of the plane. So uh, it depends on how many people uh, you have to serve the meal to, right? Because as you've probably seen, it takes forever to get from the front to the back. And so Mm. if you're sitting at the beginning of the service, you'd feel like there's lots of time. But sometimes it takes like, you know, 20 minutes or something just to get from the front to the back just to hand people their food. And then you also have to come back and collect all of that before people have to have their trays up and land. So sometimes they'll do like a short service if you're on a really small plane because they can give you it as soon as you take off. Yeah. Yeah. What What size of plane was this in Turkey? It was... I think on the scale of how planes work, where you can have like the double decker, I would I would say now a small plane that it wasn't. I mean, it's not. It is obviously much bigger than the kind of plane you would take from Vancouver to Victoria, uh, but there wasn't more than probably there wasn't probably a hundred people on that flight. That's still pretty impressive that in an hour flight they were able big. to serve a hundred people. Yeah. Yeah, and they had you know the different kinds um, for you know for religious reasons. You have. Got your kosher meals? Got the kosher, the kosher meal. Where you get the blessed pork. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, who are these people? What's wrong with you? Now, Air oh, Canada will, will offer you uh, several different choice of special meals to order if you want. You got Asian vegetarian meal, baby meal, uh, my personal favorite, bland meal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just and veal? <laughs> you, got, you got children's meal, 
diabetic meal, fruit plate meal, gluten intolerant meal, Hindu meal, kosher meal, low calorie meal, low fat meal, low lactose meal, low salt meal, Muslim meal, uh, vegetarian meal, non-dairy, vegetarian meal, lacto-ovo, and finally vegetarian oriental meal, which I'm not sure how that differs from the Asian vegetarian meal. (laughs) Wow, wait, what airline is this? That's Air Canada. Air Canada. Oh, Air Canada is very nice, though. That makes sense. It's a good company. Options. What? Air Canada is the worst. Oh my! No, I love it. They have the little USB chargers, so you can charge your devices. Oh yeah, that's pretty sweet. And you it's like even amazing. like the regular three prong power plug. It's yeah. Pretty sweet. So you can you can have a, a laptop going and be charging your phone at the same time. Air, well, Air you can do that anyway. But... They're the worst. They, it's like it costs way more than the the discount carriers as i guess it would by the other ones being discount but Mm -hmm. on top of that i've flown air canada three times every single time i've lost luggage wait oh really megan did you Mm -hmm. just want to be on this flight to buzz market air canada i mean (laughs) to be on the show to buzz market air canada it's true air canada and air canada vacations will get you where you want in comfort air canada i'm very upset about this Also, Lufthansa. I mentioned how they go. <laughs> Lufthansa and Turkish Airlines. Megan's going to make a sweet eight lira off that name. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and speaking of like special meals, uh, we hear Larry David, uh, you know, who's the guy who ordered the kosher meal. Uh, yeah, but he ordered it six weeks ago, and he forgot that that's what he ordered. Mm-hmm. I like he just forgot that he needed a kosher meal. Whoops! Just gonna eat the normal meal. Forgot about. Well, maybe maybe he like tries to keep kosher, but you know, like doesn't really care that much. Well, some people order the kosher meal for its perceived uh, health benefits. You know that it's like a, a nicer, lighter meal to eat. Well, does the kosher meal normally not have meat? Well, uh, it might have, like, kosher meats. Like, you know, isn't there, like, some fish and stuff like that that you could have? Well, I mean, the kosher meat could just be beef, right? It could be a hamburger, just with no cheese, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think they try to give, like, isn't there some sort of, like, orthodox uh, thing that's, like, like, common to eat? Uh, I mean, like, there's just, like, like... I mean, you can just have, like, there are certain rules, but, I mean, you could have, like, a steak as your kosher meal, right? Is it, or, like, a whole roast chicken. Is, mm-hmm. it a, is it a clean animal? Is that a clean animal? The uh... It doesn't have a cloven hoof. Yeah, so you can't not... have the cloven hoof. That's the one thing. You can't have, like, dairy mixed with meat, too, you know, that kind of thing. But, wait. So, animals which... But it's not just cloven hooves. Isn't there something about chewing cud? Isn't that the other part of like clean versus unclean? Wait, what's cud again? Like what a cow chews. Well, I I know that you can definitely get kosher beef. Uh, like the grocery store, uh, like across the street from me has kosher beef and awesome. halal beef. So here you go. So uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus state that any animal which chews the cud and has a cloven hoof is ritually clean, but animals that only chew the cud or only have cloven hooves are not. And so uh, specifically identified uh, as being unclean are the hare, the camel, the pig, and something called the hyrax. Isn't the hyrax like a little like hyena type thing? Uh, he's like 
he looks kind of like a mouse. Wait, how do you spell that? I want to see what that looks like. Uh, it's H-Y-R-A-X. We'll put it into the show notes for you. Uh, they're cute. Uh, they are really cute. I can see why they'd say don't oh, yeah. these guys, because they are adorable. I don't see why also, they're unclean, not... though. But, like, they look like a very clean animal. The meat to, like, effort ratio doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but the, uh, the companionship... <laughs> One of the pictures is of them mating. <laughs> what? There's no mating photo. There is. If you just scroll down Google Images. Oh, that's great. oh I, I wasn't on Google Images for that one. <clears throat> anyway, oh, yeah, there you go. it's fine. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice Hyrax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these yeah, are great. Yeah, I love the Hyrax. Yeah, they're cute. I, I'd take one of these guys in a, in a pinch. I wouldn't eat them. That's for, <laughs> that's for damn sure. Eat it. Tiny baby, eat the Hyrax. Um, so uh, while we're all enjoying our Hyrax photos, I'll, I'll mention we, we quickly uh, passed by on this kosher meal that in an attempt to reclaim his money, uh, Kramer borrows George's credit card to buy some tickets for the plane because he claims he'll return them. And George is excited because he can get the air miles. But uh, Kramer mistakenly purchases the... Uh, non-refundable super saver saver tickets yeah i mean george this is this seems like a classic george Hmm. you know what buy me a ticket too (laughs) let's just add on to this (laughs) george loves being greedy he He loves to get away with something yet what i find odd and i guess i'll just move us along right now is that george is not particularly angry about this wasted money like he's upset but you'd think he'd be more upset about the fact that Kramer's done this. And then on top of that, why does he bother getting onto the plane? Why does he bother boarding the plane? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty disproportionate to... If you look, if you flash back to the beginning of the episode, the freakout when the perfect pickup is ruined, to hey, you have just spent hundreds way. and hundreds of dollars. Like, you've just lost that money. And then you think you're going to make it up to me by paying half of it back to me. So, yeah, I, I agree. Very odd response for George. Um, so, you know, as this happens, we see Kramer go up to, to Grossbart and he, he does this bizarre thing where he, like, <laughs> pulls back his hair and, like, pulls his collar <laughs> tight to his neck. And, yeah. like, he, like, it sort of gives almost, like, a mugshot profile of his face. <laughs> To him, like showing me, he's like, he's like, think twenty years ago. Look at me, you know. Uh, I what is is he trying to look younger there? I what think is that's he what he's trying to do. He's trying to show his his younger face, see if that can't stir up uh, Grossfard's memory. Yeah, I uh, I loved it. Doesn't doesn't say his own name. Doesn't state why he's there. Just does the weird head profile neck tighten and then yells, "Give me your money!" Yeah. And then starts trying to like grab his wallet or something. I can't believe he got kicked off the plane for that. Uh, and then, meanwhile, George tries to go to the bathroom, and he's waiting in front of the bathroom. They open the door. That uh, convict is in the bathroom. Pulls him into the bathroom. George is doomed. You know, it's weird though because later you see there's like a, a shot of George being stuck on the flight. And George is just sitting in the window, just like yelling. He doesn't. He just looks like upset that he's stuck on the plane. You know, like what did this guy even do to him? What kind of uh, convict is this? You know, 
yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm less concerned about what type of convict is he and what type of police uh, do they have escorting this convict. <laughs> Agreed. Because uh, it's only after George is uh, being assaulted in the washroom does that police officer start going over and, like, banging on the door. Hey, don't beat up that civilian. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's, it's pretty strange. They're, they're, they're bad at their jobs. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, so there's one last scene on Elaine and Jerry's airplane. We see Elaine sneak into first class during nap time. She, like, just sneaks into the back seat. But uh, the, the stewardess, you know, or the flight attendant, catches her, looks on the flight manifest, sends her back to coach, and, you know, Elaine, you know, causes quite a, quite a commotion, wakes everyone up and yells, our goal should be a society without classes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, Elaine you know, sees... she would have gotten away with it. I think she would have gotten away with it if she hadn't tripped on that lady. Yeah, Elaine definitely sees airline flights uh, through a social, social justice uh, point of view. Well, and perhaps as she should. <laughs> uh, and me- meanwhile, Jerry is a little overwhelmed by all the commotion. You know, he's a little upset. What is all that racket? <laughs> uh, I like how... So, Jerry, it's kind of interesting how we've seen both Jerry and Elaine sort of either uh, fall apart or start to, like, live up to their seating circumstances. So while Elaine has become like a vocal advocate for the sufferers of coach, Jerry is like now uh, some bourgeois uh, who wants to be separated from the underclasses. And he, you know, and he, he, he remarks that it would be better for them to have some sort of locking door instead of just a curtain in between the two. (laughs) Just like on the Titanic, just lock those doors behind them. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then everything just starts to get absolutely crazy all of a sudden because uh, Kramer's being hauled off. Yeah, I mean, at this point, things are they're really off the rails. Like Kramer's hauled off. There's a shot of Kramer, like who, like he ran away from from the cop, and you know, as the plane is landing, Jerry sees Kramer running along the runway. Elaine is a full-on animal, you know, just, like, yells at the guy when she wants to sit down, you know. George is being beaten up. It's kind of a mess. Uh, I like how much Elaine has just, like, gone off the deep end, that there's nothing left. And they actually talk about how, uh, in the inside look for this episode on the DVDs, they talk about how... Uh, it was around now that they started realizing that despite normally in comedy things not being allowed to go well for most of the characters, that they kind of started realizing that it was okay to have things go well for Jerry because like comedically it worked out with the rest of the uh, the rest of the characters. Uh, which one is kind of telling about the early season struggles of this show when it's like the middle of the fourth season and they're like, we were just starting to realize that maybe my character could be a little bit like this. Uh, you'd you'd kind of hope that by like season four they had like a good sense of what they should and should not be doing with their characters, but uh, it is kind of good and it does feel uh, it does feel right where that like everything's kind of turning up for Jerry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for that, guys. Good back. <laughs> yeah. what, what are, you, are you guys both playing like Tiny Wings on, on Silent or Flappy Bird or something? <laughs> I just didn't have anything to say. I feel like you like that was just an interesting, you know, anecdote. That was a good. Very, very salient point, Cameron. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. In the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're, we're rounding it out here. Uh, Elaine's bag, you know, has ended up in Hawaii. Kramer slides out of the baggage carousel. George is stuck on the flight. I thought when Kramer came out <laughs> onto that baggage carousel, like there is very obviously a security guard in the background. He turns quickly when Kramer comes out the chute into the baggage carousel, then does nothing. Like... That is ridiculous. Just just letting this happen. We're going to let this happen. This strange man can, like, pretty much shooting out of the luggage chute. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, uh, this is continuing along with the, the old school security at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, like, and it's funny, though, it is when people are presented, actually, with that scenario, you never really know how, um, how security is going to react. And I have a perfect anecdote from this. Uh, Just, what was it, a week or two ago, Megan and I were at the Heritage Classic Vancouver Canucks versus Ottawa Senators game. And they had security posted at the uh, the end of every single row, or at the, the end of every single section entrance. And this lady, this drunk lady, wanted to start the wave. And she went down, she's like, all right, we're all about to start the wave now. Everybody get ready. And then what does she do? Uh, keep in mind, we're on the second floor here, so hundreds of feet up. Uh, she stands up on the railing right at the edge. And oh the God. security guard did nothing. And then when was, he, yeah. he, he helped her step down when he finally got her to step down and then just kind of looked and mouthed, what the hell? And that was huh. it. Like, he... like. And I mean, on one hand, it's good that he didn't overreact because you don't want to kind of like startle a drunk person, have her fall. But they, like, he didn't kick her out. He didn't do anything. He just kind of was like, oh, that was crazy. But I think, I, I definitely think that he should have kicked her out. But he's not actually security. He's just the guy that points you towards your seat. And whenever there's a fight, you're supposed to stand at the front. You know, like that's that's his job. His job is not security issues but there's tons of security there he should have escorted her to somebody yeah like he should have yeah, at the very least like something. called uh like used a little walkie-talkie and like called in and be like hey this this lady's super drunk and you know she's got to go yeah he was definitely bad at his job <laughs> finally something we can all agree on <laughs> um all right so the the episode wraps up with the monologue. You know, Jerry says he likes flying, doesn't like standby, and he he says a story like this happened to him. I have a hard time believing this actually happened, but about how a flight attendant had no uniform, uh, and you know, it was her first day. She asked him to put his seat back up. He was very upset about it. I think he said, "Who the hell are you to ask me this to do this?" Not uh, a great. Uh, it not definitely a great seemed like here. a fake story. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know he's he's a comedian. I'll I'll let it slide. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It it was not a great piece of comedy to end the episode. 
as as is often as is often the case. Although uh, you know, a little factoid that this was actually there is an alternate ending for this episode. Oh. Uh, in which George does not end up trapped on the airplane, and he meets up with everybody at the uh, at the baggage carousel, and everyone will be like, "You won't believe what happened to me." And they all say that, and then they all leave. Oh, I'm glad that they don't all say, "You won't believe what happened to me." Mm-hmm. I kind of like these episodes where they just end with everyone being kind of like miserable in a terrible situation. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like it better than them trying to like wrap it all up and like restore things to the like original state and everyone's okay. You don't want it too tidy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, yeah. So you know, what 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 are your feelings, Patrick, on this this episode as a whole? Well, I mean, I really like the parts where Elaine like I like in general in Seinfeld where Elaine is frustrated with her situation and angry I think she um uh like I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus always does a great job of an angry Elaine um it just uh yeah it's pretty good but the like like you talked about like the episode really like fell apart at the end there and it starts like it's hard to believe that that this could ever happen and it's just kind of bizarre and like a circus and uh, i don't know maybe if the jokes were a little bit funnier towards the end there it would have been great but uh, i don't know i don't know you know mid, mid, middle episode all right well succinct so, uh, that was a very uh, succinct review. <laughs> uh megan thoughts uh i thought it was I thought it was okay. It was not bad. I think I do agree with you guys that the end, it just wasn't, wasn't amazing. I think I would have liked to have seen more Elaine. Totally. At the end, I wanted, if they could have just made her being madder, like there's still more of that at the end, I might've enjoyed it more just because I think that's pretty great, but I don't know. Not a high note. And I didn't like his standby joke either. So that was a little rough to get through. Um, yeah, although it's funny, that is kind of my interpretation of standby. Like, I don't want to just stand there and hope that I'm going to travel somewhere today. <laughs> it seems like the saddest way to travel. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to Hawaii today, maybe. Well, I think you probably eventually get on a flight. Like, I think you tend to do standby when there's like four flights that day to your destination. Mm-hmm. And you probably end up on one, but you're just not sure exactly which flight. But it's not yeah. a lock. It's not a guarantee. Is it a lot cheaper? Is that why people do it? I'm kind of confused as to why this is a viable option. It was. I don't know if it is still cheaper, but back in the day, uh, it used to be a significant discount to fly on uh, standby. I think now they mostly overbook flights, so yeah, yeah. Standby I don't, doesn't I don't think it happens as much. Yeah. Uh, I know that for smaller uh, flights, uh, like basically like shuttle service flight you know basically from like one city to a close city uh you can fly standby at discount prices still but you know on major airlines doesn't doesn't really happen um all right well uh generally i concur with you guys this is kind of a bit of a middle of the road episode but uh i think it i think it uh, leans towards pretty good uh it's 
moving towards the faster editing style that uh, kind of is the hallmark of the show where you don't linger on a scene for more than you know a minute or so uh and i kind of liked the jerry with elaine and george with kramer uh, as two uh like separate entities there there hasn't been too much of that in the show so far so pretty pretty good i would say pretty good you know what else is pretty good it's called what's the deal show.com that's right our website it's great because if you go there you'll see today's show notes you'll see today's little picture handcrafted during the show all right so when our uh, analysis didn't seem very good it's just because we were working on a little picture for you <laughs> and uh, as well available to you is today's topic for other business now other business today my sister has been asking me all week have you picked other business what is the topic what is it and i keep saying i haven't picked it well guess what i did pick it and i've been saving it for right now because it plays into a little something that we talked about on this episode perhaps the problem and the plight of hello vancouver what now it's not one-to-one it's not one-to-one now i i know you were thinking for a second that it was going to be like oh it's this like hello vancouver thing where i've got to like wear my name tag and say hi to everybody again no 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 it's not that but it's a symptom of that problem so uh, i will send you guys the link and today's topic for other business is a service called friends for hire now this is uh, (laughs) opening up in australia and it's actually not the first there's an entire industry uh, based around renting friends and so what you do is you charge $60 an hour. Now, I don't know if that's in AUD or not. I don't know if this is uh, Australian dollars or Canadian dollars. Uh, and then so you charge $60 an hour to be someone's friend. And then to be a member who's seeking friends, it's a $5 a week membership fee to have access to the friend database. Uh, and then you can hire people. You can go out, you know, you'll just, like, hang out with them and everything. You know, you have your drinks and whatever. When the night's over, uh, you bill them for your time for hanging out with them. Uh, Megan, what is your initial reaction to Friends for Hire? Uh, I mean, my initial gut reaction? What a waste of money. You know what? Like, just use that money towards joining some sort of group or activity where you can just make your own friends. The fact that you have to pay somebody to be nice to you, like either something went terribly wrong in your childhood and you have such low self-esteem, or you're just not a good person and you just don't deserve to have friends. You, you didn't earn it. I don't know. Don't like it. But I understand that this is a thing. Like in Japan, you kind of do this too when you go to bars and there's just escorts there who are just nice to you and you pay to hang out with them. Yeah. I don't want this to be a worldwide trend, though. I don't. Want, I want this to be like a weird thing that happens in Japan, but like, no, I don't know. I feel. I feel like the escorts in Japan, though, it's a little. It's a little different. Like, isn't my understanding of escorts in Japan is you go to a bar, and you're like a rich businessman, and then you pay beautiful women to hang out with you to like boost your ego. But like, this is like. I guess maybe it's not that different. Like maybe like it boosts 
extremely lonely people's ego that they have friends but it's not to like boost your ego it's literally to have someone just kind of come and hang out with you it's not the same they're not there to like lavish compliments on you it's just like literally a person like when you're sitting at home it's like man i have no one to like i like i'd like to go out but i don't i don't know anybody i don't have any friends it's not like they're sitting there thinking like i'm a rich successful person and i want my ego stroked this evening it's like literally you're in the depths of loneliness and you know you bought two concert tickets because you thought you'd make a friend before the concert came and you don't and you'd like someone to go with you and you'll pay them 60 dollars an hour to just like listen to music with you hmm. um now well before i continue patrick what's your gut reaction friends for hire I mean, there's a pretty good quotation down towards the bottom here. Uh, some psychiatrist said that rent a friend is an incredibly sad commentary on the state of human relationships. Uh, I feel like I don't need to add anything there. That's, that's enough, eh? Well, yeah. uh, there is a service uh, in North America for this. Uh, it's run out of the United States. It's been around since 2009. It's rentafriend.com. And I just uh, went ahead and took a look for the Vancouver area. Okay, so uh, we have Anon, and he describes himself as a high IQ, philosophical eccentric, old geek, emotionally over young, strange topics, particularly interesting. Conversation and company might be especially appreciated with a kindred spirit. Wait, so wait, this is the list of people that you get, you're, you, I would pay him? Well, you to could be choose my him. friend? You have a list of people, okay? Because maybe, maybe you're more interested in being friends with... Uh, let's see. Maybe you're more interested in being friends with Rob, okay? Rob knows... Uh, he's He knows a lot. He's got a dry sense of humor. He knows a lot about computers and uh, martial arts of Jeet Kune Do <laughs> and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, maybe you want to make some younger, like, uh, friends. Uh, they've got some women on here. You got Nat, she's 27, she's fun and outgoing, and an adventurous socialite. She has a trendy professional style, and she can adjust to people's personalities, alright? So she's malleable, you don't even need to try to get along with her, she'll just adjust to you. Uh, I don't like Rob. I don't sit on the couch eating chips, and I couldn't tell you what's on TV. Uh, what good are you if you can't see that? <laughs> chips? Chips are the best. And Jonathan, what's with your... I'm just going to be mean to these people. Be rad. That's what you're going with, rad. Oh, be... Ugh. Ugh. No. And I mean, some of these like seem like they are clearly uh, just like escorts. Like, here, here's... Uh, this person's going by the name Femme. She's a 23-year-old female from Vancouver. And here's her, her bio... Need a pretty young girl or a group of them to fill a spot in your life, such as events for cooking or cleaning, working out, partying, or even spending time together? I am witty, fun, intelligent, and entertaining girl. Well-spoken, carry a conversation with ease. Not shy, professional job, knows how to present yourself well. Uh, She can also provide you with additional quality company of more girls that I can provide pictures of. Please don't hesitate to message me to know more about me or to negotiate something. Exclamation point. Like, is this the bottom of the barrel? Have we actually found the absolute bottom of the barrel? Yeah, it just doesn't seem... 
I, I think I would just assume that if you're meeting somebody on this website, that it's going to be, even if I was looking for a friend, that I would just end up with a creeper. Uh, probably. Okay, I have a question for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Say, say I give you a... Uh, I, go, I don't know, what is the average here? $60 an hour or up to $60? Say I give you a $200 gift certificate to <laughs> rentafriend.com. Are you guys going to like have a, like a hangout with a friend? A rent-a-friend? You have this money on the account. You like can't spend it for anything else. It's in your name. Well, I mean, I might find a more considerate friend than you with that $200, I guess. So it's not a a total loss. Uh, Would I do it? You know what? Maybe just for uh, this podcast, maybe for the sake of the show, if someone was like, hey, you know, the people from Rent-A-Friend were like, you know, we heard you talking about our service. We dare you to try it. We'll pay for one hour friend hangout with anyone in your local area. Maybe I would try it, I guess. Maybe I would just do it just to report back on what it was like. But it does feel like the saddest thing going. Megan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just the fact that it's that you're giving me $200 to try this, I mean, yeah, I would I would totally do it. Uh just so that I can come back and be sit everybody down and go into like crazy detail what I'm assuming will be a ridiculous encounter. But, you know, maybe I could be blown away by the friendship of YOLO, as he calls himself. Uh, but I just think that I would end, it would end up being a lot of work to, to carry on, just to try and start a friendship, knowing that you're paying for them to be there. I don't know. But, like, what happens if you hit it off, you know? Does that just mean that you become a regular client? No, that's, that's the, the thing. thing, too. You can't have too good a time because I can afford to be spending 60 minutes, $60 for an hour or whatever. Like, no, no. You can't have too good a time. You're going to have to, like, calm yourself down and just start looking for flaws. Um, well, let me put it to you this way. Would you participate in next year's Say Hi Vancouver to get rid of Rent-A-Friend? <laughs> No, I wouldn't. I prefer rent a friend over say hi. <laughs> That's in like it's like somewhere on the internet. You don't have to deal with them if you don't want to. Say hi Vancouver. I feel oh, if I just saw them on the streets trying to give me a name tag and oh no, no, none of it. Don't want to rent a friend. Thumbs up. Say hi Vancouver. GTFO. <laughs> say hi Vancouver. Is, uh... Facebook page has over a thousand likes. All right. Now, uh, well, let's let's do this. We can let's save this for the after dark. Uh, as always. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Look at this. I'm I'm getting so excited. I'm getting so far ahead of myself just to uh, wrap this baby up that I I forgot to do uh, my thing where I I introduce next week's episode. Oh. Wouldn't that have been embarrassing? How would people know what we're gonna do next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at uh, Season 4, Episode 13, The Pick, uh, in which Elaine has her Christmas card photo taken by Kramer, where she has a bit of a Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. Uh, 
Jerry goes out on a date with the model he met at the airport, and Kramer discovers she's wearing the perfume he believes he invented called the ocean. <laughs> or I guess the beach was his. Uh, and George visits the therapist to talk about his problems with Susan. Uh, as you may or may not remember, George gets his zipper stuck on his jacket. Uh, so, as always, another riveting episode of Seinfeld to come, which means another riveting episode of What's the Deal Show. As always, I would encourage you to visit whatsthedealshow.com. Check out today's show notes. Find uh, the link for Rent a Friend if you've uh, hit rock bottom. Uh, you can see the little picture that we did for you. It's all there. We got back episodes. Listen away. You're going to love it. And then when you're done, get a hold of us on social media. Patrick, how do we do that? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at twitter.com uh, slash WTD show. You can, uh, you can follow us. We post all the episodes there. You know, if people ask questions. Someone was asking for other podcast recommendations uh, on Twitter the other day. So uh, we recommended a few for him. I guess we aren't updating uh, regularly enough for him. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. Who uh, did that? Who of- asked us for suggestions for other, other podcasts? Uh, what was his name? Uh, is it Mike Seppiel? No, Julius no, no, Dean. No. Yeah. Uh, at Gur Noise. Um, he was asking us for some uh, other podcasts. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so we're also on Facebook. You can do the same kind of things. Uh, we post all the episodes there. Um, uh, you can like us, share us with your friends or something. I don't know. Uh, and also, you know, we're on Tumblr. Same, same deal. Uh, we're on all the social networks. We gotta get an Instagram. Did I make that joke already? I, uh, like I think it's. I think it's happened. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They are from the proud city of St. Louis. So you know what? If if Julius Dean has managed to make it the whole way through uh, this episode. Julius, uh, please inform us how you felt about Patrick saying St. Louis. Is it acceptable to say St. Louis? Do you say St. Louis? Help us out here. And you know what? You can also help us out by uh, leaving us a rating. Megan, how does someone do that? Uh, you go to iTunes, look at uh, what Steel Show, and uh, there's some stars you can select, and you should select five stars for this amazing podcast. Really good. So you should go and do that. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> That's how that should be done. All right. Well, as always, a hearty thank you from Patrick Armstrong. Goodbye. From your special guest host, Megan Wong. Thanks for having me. And from myself, Cameron Wong. Thank you very much. And we will be with you again next week or an even distanter date in the future. All right. So now that the show is over, uh, Say Hi Vancouver posted this link and the link is on the National Post and I haven't read the story but the headline is Why Utopians Plan to Create Friendly Cities Where People Can Say Hi and Hug a Stranger. I don't want to live in that city. Oh, that sounds terrible. I hope I'm dead by then. <laughs> uh, well, hope... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The ho- <laughs> So, change of change of plans. I clicked through. Now, Say Hi Vancouver has actually truncated their uh, the story title. The story title is actually Why Utopian Plans to Create Friendly Cities Where People Can Say Hi and Hug a Stranger Are Doomed to Fail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I I'm into that. I don't want to be a part of a city where people feel like they can hug me. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's awful. I I don't want that to happen at all. That's the worst thing. 